A Tiny Revolution features adults having adult conversations, which means adult language is probably going to be present. Just so you know. A one and a two and a chickaboma chick. From the Bedlam Podcast Network, this is A Tiny Revolution, celebrating our everyday victories while telling the stories and having the conversations that actually matter. My name is Kevin Garcia, and if I'm being frank, this week does not feel like a victory. This past week has been the first seven days of the tyrant's reign, which is what I'm calling Donald J. Trump, and I am exhausted, to be honest. Um, I suffer from anxiety and depression, and um, it's really, really hard as a 21st century person, as a person who is connected to social media and who generally has concern for the craziness that's happening in the world towards my friends and towards God's children who are being victimized and marginalized, it's hard for me to not feel very deeply about all of this. Um, My initial reaction has always been anger and just wanting to shut people down and wanting to just tell them to shut up or or get out of the way if you're not going to help me. Um... And that's valid. I'm not going to invalidate my experience or my anger, but it has been just, it's been very interesting to hear, um, or rather, it's been interesting to not hear voices of people who have told me, oh, just be calm. Don't worry. Donald Trump really can't do all these things. And now it looks very clear that actually, yeah, he can, and he is doing it. And then granted, like, what's been amazing is how many people have shown up to airports to fight this this ban on Muslims coming into this country, which is such bullshit. I can't even begin to unpack that in just one statement or even a handful of statements. It just goes beyond me. Or the fact that large Christian leaders like Franklin Graham have said, oh, this is not a biblical issue, and yet throughout the book of Leviticus, which they love to quote at me and all of my queer friends, uh, it says more about taking care of the sojourner in your land than it does about same-sex actions. Um, So riddle me that, religious right, and Christians across this country. Tell me how, in your estimation, this is any sort of good. And if you are silent, I might add, and this, you know what? Ambivalence is what's really killing people. Ambivalence is what is really destroying this country. It's not, you know, the liberal or gay agenda. It is white silence. And so if you are a white person who's listening to this and you're feeling offended or angry or mad, don't get angry or mad with me. Don't get angry or mad with yourself. Get angry and mad at the system that brought us here and start taking steps towards getting it dismantled. Because as you can see, we are at a time in our country where we cannot afford to mince words. We cannot afford to waste time. Because right now, in airports across this country and across this world, there are people who are waiting for a ticket away from tyranny, away from their families getting killed, wanting to find refuge in America, even though America is not even a safe place for them. It's safer from the hellhole that they're running from. I can't. And I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what to do, but I do know that I have to keep showing up. So that's my little rant. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to actually play a conversation in just a second from one of my friends from Nashville, Iman Nadim, who uh, is a musician, a student, and a Muslim woman living in America. 
today. Um, she is the daughter of Pakistani um, immigrants. And, you know, hearing her perspective, I think, gave me a lot of... It was sobering for me to listen to how she's feeling and what's going on. So let's just go ahead and settle. We'll go ahead and jump right into that real quick. Um, yeah, so listen to this conversation, and I'll be back in just a minute to give you some self-care tips. Sound good? Great. Iman Nadim. I live in Nashville. I'm a student right now, a junior at Belmont University, and I study voice. Nice. Um, and yeah, I'm a, I'm a musician, basically. <laughs> That's cool. Um, and you are also a Muslim American. And this week has not been great for our country. Uh, Donald J. Trump, the reigning tyrant, um, <laughs> put out that, um, that executive order banning Muslims in, I think it was seven countries. Uh, Mm -hmm. and that just caused a whole bunch of like nightmarish stuff at airports across the U S and across the world, um, for people being detained. And how are, how are you feeling in the midst of all this as a Muslim woman, especially a Muslim woman living in the South, um, and at a space like Nashville, I'm sure it's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, to be totally honest right now, it's really, really hard to process the events of the past week. So much has happened. So I can't say that I've been feeling a lot of it yet, but um, I've definitely, this yesterday I called my parents because I wanted to see how they were holding up, and both of them are immigrants from Pakistan, and I was born in the States. Um, so for me, it was it's just been... I feel, honestly, as much as I don't want to invalidate my own experiences, I feel even worse for women that wear hijab and that are visible um, mm-hmm. to, to the public and will face harassment that way. Um, but I don't know. It's it's just been very – it's weird because I'm so um, – how do I explain this? I'm like I'm not surprised that any of this has happened. Right. So right. it's kind of like I don't know. It's it's easy for me to just turn it off and be numb and be like, well, this is this is happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I was like saying that you this doesn't surprise you at all. Is that just because of the initial like the initial election back in November, seeing the group of people who put Donald Trump in power, um, and all the people who basically just said, don't worry about it. So is that where the kind of non-shock comes from, the lack yeah, of shock. Yeah, because even even um, a couple years before Donald Trump, you know, when, when he was starting his campaign and everything, um, even in general when, when people were saying that don't take him seriously, he's never going to get far, I was like, just watch, it's going to happen because this country is, is definitely capable of electing him. Mm-hmm. And then when he started to say the different things that he was going to do about Muslims and the wall and... Um, even my, even family members of mine were like, don't take that seriously. Don't worry about it. Nothing's going to happen, but it's, it's happening. So I'm just, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not surprised that it's happening. I think that's the thing I, I feel similarly. Um, I think after the election 
happened, I, I felt this way. I was just like, oh, okay, well, this is happening now. I need to gird your loins, so to speak, because... And I think what's very surprising, too, is that um, everyone is just now, like, kind of being shocked at, like, the madness that has, is happening. I'm just like, well, you know, he did say he would do this. Right, right. Like, that's, like, shame on... You know, shame on me if you fool me once, shame on... Or is it shame on you if you fool me once and shame on me if you fool me twice? Mm-hmm. I'm like, this man is... You know, he's not even fooling anyone anymore. And people are just like, oh, yeah, it's fine. It's just carte blanche endorsement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For me, like, it's it's really weird as the child of immigrants right now that my, my parents have been able to build an awesome life for me and my brother. And um, it's... I feel like I'm I'm lucky because my parents have been here for I think 20 28 years or something now. Wow. Um so they've they've been here for a while and have already established themselves and most people within the Pakistani community back in Milwaukee where I'm from, mm-hmm. most people have been established for some time. So I'm really feeling for the people right now that are going through immigration at this time. Yeah. It's really really scary. I can't imagine. Um as um I guess for people, like, what is something you wish people kind of understood about being a Muslim in America at a time like this? What's one thing that people often don't get or misunderstand about you or your your um, your family? Um, one thing that I felt m- misunderstood about for pretty much my whole life because I was I was like about five years old when nine eleven happened. Yeah. So. Being somebody that grew up in post 9-11 America is something that I think people don't realize is a whole experience in itself. Mm. Um, and people have not recognized that um, that my feelings towards just the, I don't know, the the institutions that have always been in place in this country, like with the, whether it's the military, the government itself as an entity or whatever it is, like I've always felt disconnected from it all and not part of American patriotism. Hmm. And it's only taken me like, I mean, it's, it's only been in the last couple of years that I've started to actually feel proud to be an American Hmm. because I've always felt like I wasn't like my demographic was not included in people that are allowed to be patriotic. Yeah. Um, And when I didn't feel patriotic, like when I wouldn't connect to 4th of July, Memorial day, all these things growing up and veterans day, because it felt like people were, attacking my people to be totally honest. I I mean, I didn't really, I was young. I didn't really know what was going on, but, um, it felt that way. So then when I didn't feel patriotic, it made me feel really guilty. Mm -hmm. And I would never tell anyone that I didn't feel patriotic because as soon as you're not patriotic in this country, you're automatically anti-America. Yeah, exactly. I think that's such an interesting thing. Like everyone is like, it was like, uh, I remember growing up in like conservative Christian land, and, like, 2008, when I graduated from college, like, I remember, like, my church was preaching that um, if you're, like, tolerance, tolerance was, like, the, the devil's word for, like, moral compromise. Um, and now we're at a position where we have a lot of, you know, progressive and liberal voices and the, you know, marginalized voices who are rising up and saying, hey, you know, why aren't you treated, like, like, we're tired of, like, you're treating us unfairly and other people are just like, well, why can't we all just get along? Why can't we all just like shut up and take like what's going on? Cause this is, it's fine. Yep. Does it, does it ever shock you or, um, 
annoy you that there's a lot of just white Christian voices out there who just fail to see like a story like yours or hear a story like yours and do nothing or. Yeah. I mean, cause that's the, I mean, in light of recent, like the recent, um, holiday of MLK day, um, I feel like one of my favorite things that I like to tell people about is the fact that he, um, really, you know, denounced the, the actions of the white moderate. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, that's kind of how, I don't know. It's, I, I really resonate with that statement of her, of his. And, um, <clears throat> it's, it's definitely really, really frustrating when I try to explain to people the validity of my experience and then they will meet me back with, we're all the same underneath it all anyways. Let's Ugh. just all get along. And, and I'm just like, I just told you that we're not the same and it's okay that we're not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and our experiences are different and that's a good thing. And we should embrace that and empower each other for our differences and not try to blanket each other with colorblind statements or mm-hmm. whatever else it might be. That's I, to me, I kind of call it like being very kumbaya about stuff. Yeah. It's kind of been a circle holding hands. Let's just get along. <laughs> It's just like, well, we can't do that. I, I, it's so frustrating for me, like, especially in a town like Atlanta. Mm. Um, especially for the, it's very easy to be a queer person in Atlanta because mm. we just were kind of a, the liberal bubble that is surrounded by the rest of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, but even there, like, it's so easy to get um, complacent yes. um, in places of, of comfort and refuge. And I feel like for a lot of, like, my white gay friends, um, you know, who, believe it or not, I actually know some people who, like, some gay friends of mine who I don't know if I can classify them in the same light anymore as friends, but they voted for Trump and, you know, are saying, well, you know, he's like, you know, he's pro-LGBT rights. I'm just like, what in his track record has given you belief of that? And then, and just, and I also point out to them, I said, like, you know, you said that he wasn't going to do all the things that he said he was going to do, but this ban... He talked about this. Right. And what makes you think that he's not going to come for you and me? I mean, it's already happening with the FADA mm-hmm. bill that he's putting through. That, I mean, I thought that we were going to get past the discrimination in the workplace, but that is definitely very, very scary, especially because one of my one of my friends posted on her Facebook, she was saying, who's to say that if I call a tow truck, the tow truck driver has the right to just leave me on the side of the road and, and abandoned? Mm-hmm. You know, like things like that, who knows how far it can be taken. Mm-hmm. That's what really scares me is it, it could be something that as simple as like, oh, we won't let you into our restaurant. It's like, okay, I'll find somewhere else to eat. But if it's something that's a lot more serious than that, then that's, that gets really scary. Yeah. Especially because like the civil rights movement happened less than it was, it's, it, this is recent history. Like the first civil rights movement, you know, with like the big first March on Washington, like that happened within the last, what, 50, 60 years? Mm-hmm. And people are so quick to forget that, like... Right. This isn't, like, some old problem that's rearing its head. It's just one problem that we've been trying to, like, smooth over for the past few decades. And now when we realize, like, oh, racism is still real, you know? Mm-hmm. People are treating each other like shit. And, um, and white Christians seem to be... Um, trying to grasp its jaw to the last bit of political power. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there's a majority of people rising up saying, Hey, like we're moving in and like we're moving towards the direction of more unification and you can either get on board or get out of the way. 
Right, right. It's just, it's just so, it, for me, like, this week has been super disheartening, but also kind of, like, in some sense, like, the fact that so many people have shown up for protests, who've shown up to airports to, like, mm-hmm. protest the incarceration of Muslim people stuck at the border. Mm-hmm. Like, it's things like that that give me the little bit of hope that I still do have for the week. Yeah, that's, it definitely is really, it feels really empowering to see um, people stand up in allyship with you because there's, I mean, it's, sometimes you, um, when you see, all, like, all the other things that have been happening this week, in, in addition to the protests, on the on the negative side, there there have been mm-hmm. mosques that have gone up in flames and stuff. Oh, my like, there's, gosh. There's one that happened in Texas the other day. So sometimes you see things like that, and it, it can be really just disheartening, like you said, but um, but it is really, really empowering to see people at all, like, many of the major airports in the U.S., and people of all different backgrounds standing up for us. It's really, really cool to see. What, um, what are you doing for, um, for self-care for yourself to keep yourself moving forward? Uh, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I've been trying to be graceful with myself. I'm trying to let myself process it as much as I can because my instinct is to just keep going on with my life and pretend that nothing is happening. Um, But I want to try to let myself grieve Mm -hmm. um, and surround myself with people that understand me and I don't have to explain anything to them. Right. Um, Because that can be very tiring in itself when you are surrounded by a bunch of white friends that are understanding, but you have to explain every little thing that you're feeling. Right. Um, So I'm hoping to take some time and do that soon. This past week in general, I think I have been – not as good at self-care, but I think moving forward, I'm going to try to really hold myself to it. Mm, that's good. I think we all have to because we're going to – it's very, very – I think one thing I try to remember for myself is, like, even though anger kickstarts the engine, like, we have to make sure that we're keeping the engine running. You know, right. We have to make yeah. sure that we're fueling ourselves up with, with rest and with – loved ones and with good music and a lot of red wine, at least on my part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, for me, I'm actually, I haven't been to any of the protests yet. Cause I think I'm just not in that headspace to, to be with mm-hmm. all of that right now. I think I need to let myself have a moment before I can go out and do those things. Yeah. And that's, that's good. And that's important to remember like where your own boundaries are. Cause I think so many of us, it's so easy to just want to, grab the pitchfork, grab the torch, and, like, go burn the, burn the whole thing down without mm-hmm. realizing, like, you know, I haven't slept in three days or three nights <laughs> because my anxiety's been so high from reading Twitter. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Madness. Right, yeah. Um, well, I don't want to take up uh, too much of your morning, but I am so thankful that you've taken some time with me just to share your perspective um, yeah, no problem at all. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'd love to have you on again sometime if you'd like to just talk about being a woman and being a brown woman and being a Muslim woman and being a creative and living in the South. Yeah. For sure. Because, I would love that. Because Lord knows that living in the South and being something other than, you know, white is a problem sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> 
That was my conversation with Iman Nadim. Iman is a student, musician, and activist living in Nashville, Tennessee, and you can connect with her and her work on social media through Iman Nadim Music. That's Iman, I-M-A-N, Nadim, N-A-D-E-E-M, Music. And that's on Instagram and Twitter. And she says, don't go to her website quite yet. She's still working on it. But anyways, Iman Nadim. Be on the lookout for more conversations with her because I feel like she's somebody to watch. So in addition to talking about these really difficult conversations, I also wanted to be somebody who offers you something a little bit more practical. Um, because I feel like sometimes like this all seems like very arbitrary or maybe like, oh yeah, of course everybody knows how to take care of themselves. But really sometimes we need to have a reminder. I know I do. I have people who I intentionally have in my life to tell me to chill out, to take a break, to do something for myself, to make myself feel better. And that's something, sometimes exactly what we need. So in this time of resistance, in this time where we're going to be showing up to more protests than ever, who are going to be doing more um, education of people who need it, um, in times where we're going to have to explain ourselves and defend ourselves like at every turn, it is so important to remember that if you are not at 100%, you cannot give 100% to the cause of justice. So self-care is cool. So let me give you four easy self-care ideas for the resistance. The first one is be honest about how you are feeling. I know that I keep all my stress bottled up and I have an attitude. Well, if no one else is going to do it, I guess I have to. Sometimes... That's not, even though that's like a very admirable quality, um, it isn't always the most the most healthy. So figure out ways to express it. If, if that's through social media, if that is through writing, if that is through um, talking out with friends, talking it out with your therapist. Um, make sure that you're getting all that stress channeled into something. And I would say channel it into something that is healthy and effective because some people We'll just grab a bottle of whatever's closest, like red wine or gin or vodka, which is my go-tos, and we'll just self-medicate rather than giving some voice to the frustrations we have in our body. So let's just be honest about the stuff that we can't handle. Be honest when we feel like we're going to feel overcome. And like once we name those things, um, I think it keeps us more emotionally healthy and spiritually sober so that we can keep fighting. Um, another self-care tip is don't feed the trolls online. I know it is so tempting to rip somebody a new one. Um, it's so easy to just spend your emotional energy crafting that perfect response on Facebook. Um, but don't, don't waste your emotional energy on that because that is going to rob you of so much time, firstly, to so much joy because at the end of it, um, we're not really interested in being right. You know, we... We, we're doing this because we think it's going to make us feel more morally superior, but it's just exhausting. And at the end of it, have you really convinced, you know, Susie Q or Bobby Joe, who is like the aunt or uncle of one of your friends from high school on Facebook who you haven't talked to in years? Like, has it really done you any good? Um, so there's two options I can say for social media. One, ignore the foolishness. Post whatever you want because I'm never going to ever tone police you, and I don't think you should have to tone police yourself. Um, but, uh... You can ignore it. You can just let the, the comments fill up and just choose not to ignore it. Or you can just delete the comment or block the person or hit the mute on that person's Twitter account or even block them. That's Your social media is not a democracy, you guys. America should be a democracy, but it's not right now. So I say if America is not a democracy right now, then neither is your social media. Um, but in general, your social media never has to be a democracy. It is your space to voice your opinions. 
Um, and there are people who are going to come at you with uh, microaggressions, outright aggressions. And you don't need that kind of negativity in your life. As far as I'm concerned, if we can keep our feeds clear of anything that's triggering so we can lessen the stress that we're already feeling just by existing in the world today, um, I think that's a win. So, um, okay, so that's that. Don't feed the trolls. Third thing, find something fun to do, something silly or frivolous to unwind, and don't feel bad about it. Um, and make sure, like, turn off your social justice brain. Turn off your activist brain. Take a second to just, like, watch some trashy TV, make yourself a great meal, do some yoga, meditate, um, you know, go out with some friends dancing because you just need to dance it out. Um, get your nails did. Take, take a, like, plan a trip and go somewhere and just get away from all the junk. Um, because honestly, like, it's going to be so much better for you if you just take some time for yourself. And it's so easy to also feel bad about taking time for ourselves because we're taught to just be completely um, selfless in this. But if we can't, again, if we cannot take care of ourselves, how the hell are we going to take care of anything else in this movement? How the hell are we going to take care of our friends, our family who need us um, if we're not even taking care of ourselves? So there you go. Um, Fourth thing, and this is kind of ethereal and not quite practical, but it's something that just kind of reminds me of where I am and how much I do still have to be thankful for. It's find a way to cultivate beauty in your life. And I know that sounds super hippy-dippy, but that's only because I'm super hippy-dippy. What I mean by cultivating beauty is striving every day to take note of something beautiful or to create something beautiful. So, like, whether, like, you can be, like, for example, like, I've been noticing sunsets a lot recently, and I've just stopped, paused, and taken it in. And that simple act, that simple moment where I'm just breathing and looking at nature and being inspired and being in awe of what God has done in this world, and that in the midst of such darkness, that such beauty could still exist, that is a moment that gives me hope. Um, I think also, like, looking at the struggle and the protesting and uh, all these aggressions we're facing every day I still see struggle like the struggle is kind of beautiful because it is so easy for us to just like throw in the towel it's so easy for us to check out to self-medicate but we're showing up people are showing up in droves to protest people are showing up um, online for us people are finally beginning to think to see oh shit like we have a problem here Um, and so that to me that's beautiful So as much as we choose to fight against the darkness, it's important to remember that we also have to add light into the world. And that could look like art. It could look like simply smiling at a stranger. It could be participating in service projects and even showing up to protests and demonstrations. And it could also look like rest. It could look like slowing down and figuring out what we need. It could look like admitting when we need a minute or when we don't feel strong. Because that's true strength. It could be in in admitting that we need a, a therapist or we need to get on you know, uh, medication to help manage our anxiety or our stress or our depression. Like, we can, like, give me all the tools we can get. So, all I have to say is that we've got a long, long struggle ahead of us, fam. And it's so important to take heart and take rest and lean on each other. Don't do this on your own. Don't think that you're the only one. Um, And this is just the first seven days. Remember that this is just the first week of the tyrant's reign and, you know, 
right now. There's not a viable uh, impeachment movement happening, and so keep resisting, you guys. Keep resisting till the day comes when freedom finally rolls like a river. Keep resisting. I talked to you guys a little bit about this last week, about my Patreon and how I was relaunching the rewards. Well, that did happen last week. I did relaunch the rewards on Patreon, and they're back, and they're better than ever. And they have reward levels as low as $1, um, which is pretty, it's just new and really cool for me. Um, and it makes a lot of difference. I am a big believer about a bunch of us you know, contributing small amounts to the creatives that we love so that people can continue to create content that is important, that matters, that is speaking truth to power, that is giving people language for things that they wouldn't otherwise have. So I'm asking you to join with me. And uh, there's a perk. There's like an initial perk already for just becoming a patron. If you become a patron through Patreon before... Uh, the 1st of February, which is Wednesday. So if you're listening to this on Monday, it's this coming Wednesday. Um, I'll give you the Bad Theology Killer shirt, uh, $10 off. So it'll be like, uh, I think, 13 and $15. For, 13 for the crew neck, 15 for the V-neck. That is a steal. Um, I'm still donating 20% to LGBT nonprofits. So still like, you know, this is still funding good stuff. So become a patron um, as low as $1. You'll get $10 off of your Bad Theology Killer shirt. But you got to do it by uh, Tuesday. And that's it. Oh my gosh. Who's excited? Who's excited? I am. If you couldn't tell, because I made a song about it. Anyways. Um, so yeah, go to patreon.com slash the Kevin and Garcia to get all the information. Watch the little introduction video. Partner with me. Um, and let's make the world a better place. One podcast, one blog at a time. Tiny Revolution is a part of the Bedlam Podcast Network. We're a collective of creatives sounding off about things that matter. So whether it's movies, whether it's talking about sex, whether it's uh, talking about faith and uh, reconstruction of your faith, um, check out. We've got something new pretty much every single week, either from me or from The Trust Fall with Anthony Garcia or our newest podcast, Not So Dirty Talk. Let's go to the iTunes store, check out the Bedlam Podcast Network and subscribe to all the shows. Trust me, you're not going to regret it. Okay, friends, I am going to go. Um, next week, I'm going on a cruise to Mexico. Um, so no promises on actually getting a podcast because that's my act of self-care. Doing something radically fun and a little bit uh, irresponsible in the middle of winter because why not? Okay, um, but I will say this. I will do my best to get you a podcast because I don't want you to miss me too much. All right, I love you so much. Take it easy. Take a deep breath. Drink some water. Call your people. And... Um, I love you. See you next week. Mwah.